Lior Samfiro is an employment lawyer at Samfiro to Mark and LLP. He's been listening in. Lior, good morning to you. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. What do you make of what you've heard from Dr. Lawrence Lowe, that the way out of this um, is through paid sick days, is through allowing people the ability to stay home when they're sick and not worry that they're going to be evicted because, for example, they can't pay the rent? I don't doubt for a second that having sick days, having paid sick days will curb the virus. If we were able to have a proper system in place that allow people that have the virus or may may have the virus to stay home and not put others at risk. But putting something like that in place and the consequences that may come up about if you put it in place may actually give us pause here. For example, the only practical way where uh, paid sick days can be implemented is by imposing that obligation on employers. The government doesn't have the ability to assess and administer a proper paid sick days in a way that would actually benefit employees. That would take way too long. So it would have to be up to the employer. Well, in a time right now where many employers, and, and you know, you talked about this earlier, are, are on the brink of going under, they're, they're surviving, they're holding on barely, yeah. to impose this additional financial obligation for many employers, that may be a death sentence, or it could mean something else. Many employers may have to find the money elsewhere by perhaps letting people go, by cutting hours, by laying off people. So those people who were trying to help by giving them additional compensation may end up losing their jobs and be even worse off financially. So we have to understand that right now we're in a very unique financial situation for businesses. This is not the real world for, for them. So to impose that additional obligation on certain employers, that could be uh, potentially fatal and very, very, uh, very problematic. But we're also in a unique situation when it comes to the health of, of Canadians. I mean, we're in a global pandemic, and people are falling ill, and people are dying. And the, I, I guess the doctor's point was, it's in some ways short-term pain for long-term gain. That a complete shutdown would be worse if you are able to allow your employees, if they're feeling sick, to stay home for, for a couple of weeks. That in the long run is going to help those employers. Does that hold water for you? Well, it, it depends if the employer can survive it until then. And I can tell you that study after study has shown that uh, for those employers that provide paid sick days to their employees, and many employers do, if they provide five paid sick days, employees will take the five. If they provide 25, they'll take the 25. So employers will assume that if I provide a certain number of sick days, those will be taken, and that is a huge cost for me. Well, what's wrong, what's wrong with that if somebody's sick and they're staying home? I mean, again, if this is about the you know transmitting a disease, and Dr. Lowe was saying that in those industrial sites or perhaps the distribution centers, people are coming in and they're sick, um, isn't it better for all of us if, if those employees are able to stay home? Absolutely, no doubt. But employers will tell you that one of the concerns that they have is, you know, as much as we don't like to say that, there may be some taking advantage of the situation by those who may not qualify for sick days, still saying, well, I have these quote-unquote free days that I could get 5, 10, 20, so I'll take advantage of those. And employers tell you that that's always been happening. Is so there any evidence start. of that, though? Is there any evidence that people actually take advantage of that? That I mean, you know, if you have a few sick days, it's not that, you know, you're not coming into work because you don't want to, but that people are actually using them because they're sick and they feel as though that's their right? Well, I, I certainly, I certainly know that employers will tell you that that's what they've experienced. I know I've had my clients tell me that they've seen that, and that's why, oftentimes, you know, especially with employers 
that are unionized and negotiate uh, sick days for the unionized employees, there's such a reluctance often to negotiate and increase those sick days because they know, well, if we add two more sick days to our allotment of 15, yeah. then employees will take those, and now everyone will take 17 days. But I think a government here can step in and do something effective to help the situation, which is to provide financial incentives for those employers so they can afford to provide sick days through tax breaks or other incentives, or perhaps deal with the problem. And the problem is not so much the sick days. The problem is that the individuals can't afford to be off. So if there's a way to offset or defer some of the liabilities, financial liabilities that employees have when they cannot work for a period of time, or to help them meet those financial obligations, I think that's when the government can intervene and, and perhaps alleviate that problem. I'm not convinced that telling all employers in this province at this time you have to provide a certain number of paid sick days is actually going to solve the problem if the result is people losing their jobs. It was interesting because the Ontario Chamber of Commerce has opposed paid sick days for a long time. They represent a number of businesses uh, in that province. They reversed that stance last month and they said they supported a bill from the opposition party in Ontario that would have made uh, you know, paid sick day leave uh, in Ontario uh, something that, that employees could, could count on. The bill didn't pass, but does that show to you some support from within the business community and perhaps attitudes would be changing? I, I certainly think that a lot of businesses are in a position to offer sick days and they see the value in, in that. Uh, and especially because it may keep their workplaces safe, allow them to stay open because they don't have to shut down because of a COVID outbreak. The problem is that the smaller businesses, they may not have a voice as much or, or as a public a voice in how they're going to cope with it and they're going to survive with it. You know, the, the, the small retailers, the, uh, the, the small stores, et cetera, how are they going to manage it? And we can't forget those because they're ultimately the backbone of most economies, those very small businesses, and how they're going to be impacted in this time when they're barely holding on. I think, I think that is obvious. So maybe this is where the government provides assistance and, and support to those businesses to allow them to do that rather than impose a brand new financial obligation on them. We just have a couple of seconds left. Let me ask you for a bit of, as I can say, free legal advice for uh, Rachel Brown, who we heard at the beginning of this. Grocery store worker, he's worried about how he'd pay the bills if he stays home sick from work. Just in a couple of seconds, what would you say to him? Well, he has obviously access to the uh, Canada uh, sickness benefits that's been implemented that, uh, that provides for $450 a week after taxes. To apply for that, otherwise, of course, uh, speak with his employer. Perhaps his employer is able to provide him additional hours when he comes back to make up for the loss. Beyond that, at this point, certainly do not go to work under any circumstances if you are sick. That, by the way, mm. could be cause for dismissal. So that's something that employees should be very careful about. Lior, it's good to speak with you. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you.